0: Hey, hey, hey. It's Danny. Welcome back. This is the Ice Planet podcast. I feel like I messed up that intro. Do I usually introduce the podcast first or myself? Who cares? You know where you are and you know who I am. Um, This is the podcast where we read and discuss every book in Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarian series. We are almost at the halfway point, guys. 17 books. This is episode 8. Can I do math? Maybe I can't do math. Maybe don't quote me on that number. But um, episode eight, Barbarians Taming, aka the one with the earthquake. This is a big one. This marks a turn for our little tribe. We we move house, we find a whole new civilization that existed on the ice planet. It's there's a lot that's happening. I am joined on this episode by this, I'm joined for this episode by Anna Koki from Twitter. She does love and panels. She is a host of the Rombook Pod podcast. Um, she also hosts the Rombook Book Love um, campaign in May. So you, I'm sure you've seen, seen her around. Um, she's also a librarian and a book reviewer. And she really knows her stuff. She really knows her romance trope. So this was a lot of fun to discuss. As for news, I don't have much. I'm still easing back in and I completely forgot to schedule any Twitter post. Sorry, guys. But um, I did want to give a shout out to Sarah and Jen over at Faded Mates. They gave the podcast a mention and like their own shout out on um, their podcast. And I think we got some listeners through that and I'm really excited. So thank you again for the love. I'm always glad to hear that people are, you know, spreading the word, enjoying the podcast, talking about the series. That was the whole point of this. The mention was also... Ice Planet Barbarians was sort of also mentioned in conjunction with Grace Goodwin's Interstellar Bride series, which now I feel begs the question, who's going to start that podcast? It can't be me. I am not as big a super fan of the Interstellar Bride series as I am the Ice Planet Barbarian series. But if anyone ever starts that, you will have my full support. I will listen to every single episode. You might even get me to read all the books, TBH. Um, I am getting very off track. Like I said, not much up front this episode. I don't have to ramble at you much. I always like to share, you know, where you can contact and where you can follow the pod. As always, keep up with some of my shenanigans on Twitter at IcePlanetPod. If you have a question, comment, theory, concern, you want to yell at me about anything, really, you can do so at contact at IcePlanetPod.com. Um, iceplanetpod.com is also the website. If you would like to listen to podcast episodes there, if you would like to refer, send links to friends who maybe don't do podcast catchers or things like that, you can find all the episodes listed up there. Um, I think that's it for this one. I'm still sort of getting back in the groove after that, like, really, honestly, minor week off. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a drama queen, so I'm gonna be extra about everything. Um, I think that's it. So we're gonna ease into the episode. I had a lot of fun with this one. These like this, like I said, this turn, this shift in the series where things start really getting intense. We find new aliens, we move, we, there's a lot happening. So I'm really excited for the, for the rest of the series. Um, listen in and as always, I will be here when you get back. Enjoy! (laughs) I just sat there and said that whole spiel about how we don't have an intro. I literally don't know how else to start. So I guess we'll just <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get into it and be like, hi, guys. Um, welcome back to the Ice Planet podcast. I am here with Anna from So Many hi. Things. Hi. Because <laughs> I was like trying to write your bio and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's a librarian. And she's on like three podcasts. And she's like a reviewer <laughs> for a site. So I was like, I'll let her. So yes please, let us where can people what where, where can people find you? How might people know you are? Okay. The so
1: you can find me mostly on Twitter because I spend way too much time on Twitter <laughs> as Anna Ke. Uh, but I also podcast I'm on Beyond the Sectors with Telsa Outlaw, where we talk about the Beyond books by Kate Roca. Oh, cool. And then I'm also one of the co-hosts for Rom Book Pod, mm-hmm. uh, which was inspired by Rom Book Love, which I run each May. Uh, but it's a group of four different uh, sets of hosts. We each tackle the same topic and have a inclusive romance related to uh, the theme we picked. Um, and then... Yeah. And then I also review for Love and Panels, um, which is a inclusive review site run by Suzanne. Uh, so find us on the web there, loveandpanels.com.
0: Yeah. And I think we I think another host of Ron Book Lo- um, a Ron Book Pod has been on Melinda. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So she'll be the episode right before yours. So oh, cool. probably, Very
1: cool.
0: <laughs> you'll have a whole <laughs> span of content. So we've read The Ice Planet Barbarians. Mm -hmm. As we do on this podcast. So I have to ask, what was your, I guess, before reading this book, what was your exposure to the series? Had you read it before? Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I actually read it before. Um, I read it probably about the first 15 books. Um, (laughs) And I was doing the whole, like, a book was released and I read it immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because when I first heard about it, I was like, giant blue aliens with funky cocks (laughs) and um a trusted friend uh was reading it and i was like elizabeth elizabeth lane used to blog um and was a good friend and she was reading it i'm like why are you reading this i just didn't get it but she was loving them i thought oh sure let me give it a try maybe there's something to this and i gotta tell you the first book didn't quite sell me like mm-hmm. I, I was like it was really rough it's rough but there was elements in there that were really interesting the school trophy romance elements to them the first mm-hmm. proximity the the exile um and it really caught my attention so I thought well I'll try book two and then I read like the next so many were available um so what I really love about the series that I find is so Attractive is that it takes these old school romance tropes, and is very self aware with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, like when somebody's kidnapped, they're like it's Stockholm syndrome. You know, like they actually say those things, um, which I think helps makes it palatable to have those tropes. And then there also there's a lot of consent. People mm-hmm. say no, and people listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, it's it. So I was one of those people who's like, are you kidding me? And then, I mean, I I giggled through the whole, like, the first time that they have sex with the Spur. And I'm like, I cannot believe that there's, like, a sex toy alien kind of thing. Um, But there's so much more to those books. And, I mean, in this book in particular, I think we really get into Mm -hmm. one of the things I really love about the books, which is the community. There's so much community uh, built into each book. And, I mean, it gets a little crazy because you're like, who's who? Who's married to what? Who resonated? How are they related? But I mean, at some point there's like what, like 40 different characters running around living in the same uh village. So Yeah, well, and yeah. then they
0: get the spin-off and they're sort of connected and characters will cross over. So then it just mm. goes beyond. I really like what you said about like the self-awareness, because that's what makes them fun. If they took themselves so se- if they took themselves too seriously they wouldn't be nearly as fun. It's fun because like Ruby Dixon knows what she's doing. She knows like well this is inherently ridiculous. They're giant blue aliens with like pointy bits on their penises. It's <laughs> it's a little you got to for your pleasure. Exactly. You got to <laughs> kind of like talk about it and so I think she embraces mm-hmm. it and that makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, this book very plot heavy, very big on the community. So this book sort of like, I feel like this is the beginning of like the second, everyone talks about like they read the first books and miss the second mm-hmm. half. I feel like this is the mm-hmm. book that marks the end of the first half. Like if these were seasons, yes. this would be the end of season one.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And we'll get to it. So I guess
1: yeah.
0: I probably said it in the intro, but this is Maddie's book, mm-hmm. as I call it, a.k.a. Barbarians Taming, Maddie's book, a.k.a. as I call it The One with the hurt the earthquake so <laughs> it's a pretty big deal and it sets the plot for like the next three or four books bo- yeah yeah so we have said this too she's good about that like because now you have to read the next one to be like holy crap they're homeless now where do they go what mm-hmm. do they do so mm-hmm. a little genius um, Ruby Dixon so you sort of hinted at this one what did you think about this book overall it's I like parts of it, okay. some parts of it I don't like, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think, yeah, there's there's really some tough elements in this book. Like, I love Maddie in the fact that she's very much an unlikable character. She's overbearing and loud and bossy and burges into people. Like, she there's no soft spots to her. <laughs> um, she's bullying people around all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, But then I also feel for how isolated she feels because she feels lost. You know, she doesn't have a role. She has circled. She has always been the big sister to Lila and protected her and probably smothered her. Probably. Um, And now she doesn't have that role. She Lila has her own partner. She doesn't feel like she fits in in this like community of women flipping out their breasts to breastfeed (laughs) and being comfortable with their bodies. And but that actually gets to the part that I don't think is done as well. Will be in this book, Matt and she Mm -hmm. has very negative feelings about her body um so it's almost like no one else is attacking her for her body but she attacks herself for her body so she always takes it like people are gonna think me a burden because i weigh more than others so i eat more than others or i'm not allowed to go hunt you know all this kind of stuff and it's all internalized fat phobia that she carries which can be really jarring to read um and and hard to read um
0: I'm kind of glad you said it because you touched on everything. She is a very unlikable character. And it's sort of what you touched on. She's and part of it is I think it's done on purpose. I'm very aware it's done on purpose. I think I'm supposed to find her a bit hard to uh, I'm trying to think of how to say there's actually they actually sort of point to it in the book itself. Like the men ignore her. Everyone ignore her, ignores her. And then after she and Hassan start like hooking up, they're like all nice to her. And they're like, well, because you smile more and you seem happier. So mm-hmm. I think that is aware. But yeah, she is very, like, defensive. And she gets... There's, like, a scene very at the beginning where she's sitting around the fire and, like, she feels like Stacy just really wants to get away from her. And mm-hmm. Josie, she can't relate to Josie because Josie is, like, you know, tiny and happy and mm-hmm. m- pregnant and missing her man. And it's, like, it's it is kind of hard to be in that negative headspace for very long. So, but I also... Don't approve of everything she does. Kind of what you touched on. Like her whole relationship when she kicks off with Hassan and she gets mad at him for being hurt. I'm like, mm-hmm. you knew <laughs> you, <laughs> cra- you knew what these men are like. A lot of them are virgins. A lot of them are very intense. So I don't know why you're surprised.
1: But yeah, so. What well, is- I mean, Asha tells her, like yes! point blank, you made a terrible choice. <laughs> yes.
0: He is not the one.
1: He's, he's the one who, who stole a whole girl so he could start a family. Do you yes. think he's going to be casual about this? Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> his defining character trait is lonely. He is yeah. so lonely. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about him. I feel like she did a good job at showing his, like, regret. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. he stole Lila because he really just wanted a family by, you know, hook or crook.
1: Mm-hmm. And it,
0: it didn't work out for him. And now he's, like, doubly punished.
1: Right, because he also, he's, he doesn't have a, his whole family died in the, the in the big sickness that, mm-hmm. that had affected people before the whole arrival of the ladies. Um, and so, yeah, so he's lonely, he feels alienated that uh, everybody else is finding mates, and he has, like, the qualifications. He's like, I am a good provider. Done.
0: <laughs> That's my favorite part, when they're like, I can't. He comes in, he's like, I'm a good hunter, better than you. It's like, okay, <laughs> sir. So, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. So, yeah, he's kind of, she just picked the wrong one. Like, mm. even, you're right, is like, you should have picked the old guy. He would have been discreet.
1: <laughs> the young guys would be just like,
0: ooh, thank you. Yeah, she's like, you could have bossed them around. Why did you pick the one who's known <laughs> for just being really clingy? So, so I guess we should get into, like, the plot of the book. Sure, so. sure. But before
1: we go, can I talk a little bit about Asha? Yes. I loved Asha's relationship with Maddie. Like, I think Maddie's terrible to Asha, but I think she tells her a lot of truth. Mm-hmm. And we really get to know Asha because she's somebody who's also been bitter, withdrawn. So mm-hmm. diff- you really see that she's hurting. And Maddie calls it mm-hmm. what it is. She's depressed. Um, and so I really love that sort of, like, uneven weird body friendship that they've been forced into because she needs someone to tell her the truth and who can stand up to her and Asha's that person.
0: Yeah. And I think you were right when you said depressed, like she's clearly it's not, she clearly is hurting because we see her mm-hmm. earlier in the series, like hitting on a Hako mm-hmm. like in a really bold way. And I think I'm glad it's come back around and I'm glad we really get her story and see like, it's just her yeah, trying to deal so. with her own issues. And I'm really glad that she and Farley both get their own book. And like, because mm-hmm. then you really dive into like the alien differences.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you were talking about how this is sort of the end of the first season, because I think that the, the, these these are markers that Ruby Dixon is changing what she's doing. Um, I think the early books, there's really a pattern of, fee- of things that happen, right? Mm-hmm. People meet, there's a complicating situation, they have lots of sex, and then they get to make babies. Yeah, um, And then... By allowing us to focus later on some of the women of the tribe, which honestly have been sidelined for most of yeah. the first few books. It's been focused on those guys. And so I really appreciate it when we started focusing on the women, too, of yeah. the tribe. Yeah, And then there's the, that element of like, we're going to deal with like, we're going to just really blow up the world, the the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the ideas of how things were done.
0: And also because that first book was so much of just them getting used to things. I think it's probably her plotting too. Cause like the whole first series is just, we're on a nice planet. These, we're, we're abducted us. from home. We've got to get, yeah, we've got to get used to it. And then they're used to it and they're comfortable and then things just get messed up. So yeah, so let's get in, let's get into that. So in the previous book, did you read the previous book? Or do you uh,
1: Not recently, but I did one at the time.
0: Yes. So in the previous book, so basically Maddie and Lila were discovered in the book six.
1: The second batch, yeah.
0: But in book six by Hayden and Josie. So at the beginning of the last book, they go out, retrieve them from their tubes. Hassan kidnaps Lila, hides with her in a hunter cave to try and resonate to her. Doesn't work, poor thing. Um, She eventually (laughs) resonates to Rokan. Rokan, um, And so he gets exiled mildly, because everyone in that last book is like, well, he does feel really bad about it. And he did end up alone. So he's kind of getting punished. And Maddie, um, after her her sister was kidnapped, didn't make the best impression on people. She apparently threw things. Like, the men joke about that a lot, about like how she kept throwing things at people. And she wasn't, you know, it wasn't her best time. So, and I think that's part of her outsider status. I think she feels resentful that people keep holding that Mm -hmm. against her.
1: Yeah, I mean, she she actually talks about it at the beginning of this book. She knows that she did not make good impressions. She was desperate to f- chase her sister. She didn't understand why these guys are not letting her chase for her sister, um, and it's because she's somebody. She's the protector for little for Lila. She's not comfortable with these men saying we got it. Um, and she, but then, you know, bo- she's bored. She doesn't have the same duties. The women, the other women do. She doesn't have the same interest. She's not, you know, like they're appreciative about things that she's like, she just woke up from the tube. And I think that's, uh, that's also very different. A lot of the other women, they woke up together. They have that bond and, and they're, she, they're she's walking into a complete society where she, She doesn't connect with what makes these people excited. Like, they get all excited about, like, fruit. And she's like, what? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, and that's part of the early beginning. So, Lila has discovered the fruit cave in the last book. And so, they're all going on this adventure to go get fruit. And for some, so, Maddie thinks the reason they don't want her on the trip is because she's fat, even though no one says that or out of shape. It's just like, I don't know. I'm like, she could have, I don't know. But I think
1: that's a a thing that happens in this book a lot. There's a lot of miscommunications. There's there's just a lot of like, what somebody thinks somebody else is saying and nothing gets finished. So they walk away with completely different impressions of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So because she wants, I mean, I don't know if she wants to, she doesn't want to be left behind. She wants to go with Lila on this trip to get the fruit. And I don't know if maybe it's because they were all mated couples and maybe that's why she didn't have, it seems like anytime the women go anywhere on this planet, they need like a male escort. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there was no one around to escort with. So she's left back at the cave and she's feeling like just, she has no place to go. So she, I guess, decides to start hunting just out of Mm -hmm. the blue. Yeah.
1: I'm going to walk out. (laughs) It's this, to this world I don't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, and you're right. She's
0: used to being like the strong one. I'm going to take what I want. I'm bold. She looks out for her sister almost to the point that she sort of over. She doesn't let her sister thrive,
1: which is what I think. Why Lila doesn't want her along. Yeah. Lila has found her own footing and really just wants to have some alone time with her husband. And yeah, like I love you, sis, but <laughs> space. It's, it's, it's kind of our
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they go out. I was going to see if I could find a quote. I wanted to see that scene to see if there was anything said as to like why we don't want you here. But I don't think it ever is. It's just, I don't know. It's never said. So, oh, she does imply that like it's a lot of work. But again, I think it just goes back to Maddie, you need an escort. Yeah. <laughs> because every time they describe these pe- these women walking in these hip, deep snows, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so she goes out. She like she has to feel useful, so she decides she's gonna go hunt, and she's just gonna, gonna teach herself how to hunt. And that's where Hassan kind of stumbles upon her. She's being tracked by a metlac apparently, and doesn't know it. <laughs> or is it a snow cat I don't know. Some it's a animal, metlack,
1: I think. Yeah. And she, he's like, "Did you not see the tracks? Did you not see me here?" <laughs> it's another thing.
0: Yeah. He's like, "I snuck up on you." She's just not paying attention whatsoever. So I kind of, we skipped over this. I really like how he he's thinking about how he didn't resonate to Lila and he talks about how relieved he feels. Yeah, And I think that was very important to establish very early on because otherwise you kind of wonder, is he just looking for mm-hmm. literally anyone? He spends a whole, like, that's his big gripe is like, I gambled and lost and even, mm-hmm. and now I'm looking back at myself and saying, like, why did you even want that? Yeah. So... Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I really like that because it does show where where they are. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so they're both like, and now he feels he feels especially cut off from the tribe as you mentioned because he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a family, so he just really wants to get back in. So he's hunting alone. She's like, I'm gonna teach you how to hunt. And you, <laughs> and I'm like, I guess that's I guess he needs something to do. She needs something to do. It makes sense. It's a plot. And she, they're able to do this because the cave is so empty because all those people went out. And got the fruit case. It's like mainly the pregnant women who are just gonna stay by the fire. Um, you have one of the best lines from that whole exchange uh quoted on the outline. So
1: <laughs> I accept. So <laughs> I love Hassan in that moment well, because he's trying to make sense of what is happening here. She's leaning into him and all this kind of stuff, and they've been having this whole like uh, fuck off kind of conversation. Yeah. And, and she's like, he's like, I accept. I'm yeah, he, he He's no like, balls. you're a loud bossy woman? Sure. <laughs>
0: I'm here to serve. Like, yeah. Because she's like, oh, fuck yourself or fuck you. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what plants the idea in her head to like mm. scratch an itch is how she refers to it yeah. throughout this book. So,
1: which he so, turns and, around on her too, I love that he, I, and I love when the characters are like, "I will use that phrase you use because it works <laughs> on me. <laughs> I love how they
0: still like have this point, still have those communication like, mm-hmm. oh, so when you say fuck, you mean it literally, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> no, sir, uh, I do like he's like, "I will make it good for you. Tell me how you like to be pleasured, and I will do it. they are these men are nothing, they are here. <laughs> To ensure you are having a good time.
1: Yeah, and I mean that that it's that you could look at it and go really, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's sort of fabulous. Like if you're gonna go whole hog with the the fantasy, you might as well have like really generous lovers who mm-hmm. um, take no for an answer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll only touch.
0: Like I'll only have sex with you when you want me to have sex with you, and when we do. Girl, it's going to be all about you. Like, that's the (laughs) fantasy. So, yeah. So they make this weird... I can't believe if they, I can't just remember if they decide to go off and have sex right because they go back to the storage cave. But I don't know if it's the same day or it's later because she has to get weapons that are the right size for her.
1: Right. I think it's the next day because it, they they had decided to meet up and this is where we start seeing the whole like, it's hard for her to sneak out because people mm-hmm. are like, well, wow, she's doing something again, uh, <laughs> which is part of like what I love this book. There's like this busybody community of people ready to... Pound Sunny and find out what you're up to. Yeah. Um, well, there's not
0: really much else to do. Exactly.
1: It's small. T- it's like small town romance, really small. Uh. So I really love that. So yeah. So they they go off to this cave and and she finds out he's a virgin. So she's like, hello. This is even more exciting. She's a bit, I go back
0: and forth on that little scene because she's a bit creepy about it. She's like, blank slate, I can mold him. And I was like, like Maddie.
1: No, but that's where like, she is like, she's unapologetic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she's
0: not afraid to get what she wants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I did like that they have this conversation of like, she says, but I've had experience and does that, is that a problem? And mm-hmm. he's like, no. Um, again, you know, this is something that the part of that self-awareness of these books Mm-hmm. Um, it takes these tropes and then says, you know, slush shaming is a problem in old school. We're not going to do that here. Um, it consent's a problem in those old books. We're not going to do that here. And so th- those moments where he's she's like super excited that he's a virgin it's a flip from so many times when it's the woman who's the virgin and the guys are like, "That's true. I will teach you all the ways." She gets to t- she she's she's being the rake. Um, so. <laughs> I love that. Maddie's our rake. Yes.
0: <laughs> so so they go and like they're about to get their supplies and but they get a little hot and heavy before they can even do that. And they pretty much have sex mm-hmm. in the storage cave.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The scene where Maddie is like I guess I don't know really what kicks it off. I'm trying to remember like what really pushes it off, but like they get hot and heavy mm-hmm. kind of fast. I'm trying to Is see. that what Toshin is outside? No, that's before that. This is when. So she okay. wants him to. She asks him straight off, "Are you upset that um you didn't resonate to my sister?"
1: Yeah, and he's like, "No,
0: right. I'm." Yeah, and she's. He's like, "No, I'm relieved." I remember it now because I, I see the page. He's like, "No, I'm relieved," and she's like, "Good." And she kind of goes in and kisses him, and that's mm-hmm. where it all kicks off. And they. Yes. And this scene cracked me up because I fully expected her to like shake hands with his penis. She is down there. <laughs> She's like she's like, like
1: whoa <laughs> this is great. Yeah.
0: Well cuz like she strips him and he's like there naked. She's like studying him like he's like a still life looking at all the curves and all the pieces that he's made oh, she's up been of.
1: hearing about this from all yeah. the other women and she's like, "Well, hello. Wait a minute."
0: <laughs> and I'm like I'm just picturing her like at eye level studying it like okay this is what we're working with how are you sir like she is down and she is ready for it Mm. and it's just that scene just cracked (laughs) me up and so um so they have sex in the tribal cave really loud sex apparently according to asha because because she's like i'm trying to sleep so but it doesn't end very well no because he starts spouting off about you're gonna be my pleasure mate, oh this is gonna be so great, I'm so happy. And she's like, whoa 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 whoa, she yeah. she didn't sign up for that. Which mm-hmm. is another like speaking of tropes inverse mm-hmm. of like that cliche. Oh, it's the woman who always wants to mm-hmm. commit.
1: Yeah, and she's all like, no, that was that was just for fun, boys. So there's no <laughs> catching feelings. And. <laughs>
0: And he, like, I don't know, the scene, I could just picture it so viscerally. He kind of, like, gets up off her and he starts angrily pulling on his clothes. You can, like, even through the pages, I could, like, feel hurt radiating off. And I felt really bad for Guy because that's exactly how he was going to react. How did Mm -hmm. she,
1: even if it wasn't him,
0: these men have sort of been written and described in a way that they're very, like, yes, mate.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where it's interesting because you ha- she has the excuse that she's really been very self-involved. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest; she's completely self-involved in the previous books. It's about herself and Mad and Lila, so I don't think she's really paid attention to like the history of the clan. That's true. In in, in the other books, has sort of been rolled out, and uh, she's not resonating. She's not feeling that, mm-hmm. which again is also a really interesting thing to have a sexual relationship being developed feelings being time clock of like I'm beating here's my purring I gotta gotta get it done you know cheaper <laughs> I mean like that's where like I really think Ruby did a really interesting thing in this book because she broke a lot of her ex- the expectations people expected of this is how romances go mm-hmm. in this world and let's be honest when you're reading a KU series part of the repetitiveness and the formula it's what you're looking for so to I think she feels confident that she has found an audience that she can take them and take them a different direction. Yeah. And I think I said
0: this before, like those early books feel like she was, she had originally planned to do something different, Mm -hmm. but then I don't know, Mm -hmm. like either she just either read her feedback or her own, like, you know what? This is actually more fun. They've kind of, they've spun off into something else.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I believe the first book was written to be a serial, right? And then KU changed and things changed and, uh and so she went on a different direction but yeah i i think there's it moves from being sort of like dark fantasy mm-hmm. in that first book yeah. to much more like small town romance mm-hmm. with you know forced proximity in <laughs> aliens
0: small town romance is such a perfect word and the more like i think about it it's so fitting like you're you got this small town every and that's part of the complication in this one is like,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: we can't let people see what we're doing because they'll talk and it'll yes. mess things up for both of us.
1: So yeah, so we're always sneaking off to random caves. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the thing I
0: wanted to ask. So at one point during the sex scene, Hassan would ask himself, why had my people never kissed before the humans came? Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I thought about it. I was like, why haven't they ever kissed <laughs> before the humans <laughs> came? Because they are so quick to put their mouths Mm-hmm. On, like, a woman's vagina. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's got to be an intermediary. Like, at some point, you would think, let's put our mouths in other places. But it's like the, and I, maybe I've argued this multiple times before, and I'm just repeating myself. <laughs> but I'm like, I just don't,
1: I'm like, why? Maybe I'm thinking it is like an anthropologist.
0: They right. enjoy it.
1: So, like, if you're an anthropologist in the audience, please write to us and tell us about human tribes that do not kiss. Yeah, and why?
0: <laughs> I do know that in her broader series in the universe, mm-hmm. corsairs do not kiss because they're very averse to germs.
1: Ah. like it's
0: like a cleanliness thing. Like mouths okay. are filthy, and I think that's I think that's mentioned in one of the later books. Mouths okay. are filthy. You don't kiss because it spreads disease. But they wouldn't have those hangups. But
1: that—that's where it's. I mean. As the series progresses, we find out much more backstory about them, right? So, like, at this yeah, point mm-hmm. in the series, we don't know that exactly... We know a little bit. Like, they crash-landed on this planet, but we don't know exactly how long they've been here. They don't... Because they don't remember themselves. They really regressed from wherever they've been. So, like, is this something that sort of developed because somebody was, like, kiss germaphobe when they <laughs> landed? And yeah.
0: Maybe. Yeah. And you saying that kind of sparks something in my brain because this is also... Ooh, we'll get to it later when they're in the <laughs> houses and they see all those carvings or paintings. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what they are. So, so yeah, they start this relationship. Well, they don't start this. They have sex one time. Mm-hmm. Hassan is Flight. really...
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Gung-ho. <laughs> Maddie, not so much. And they sort of like... Now there's tension between them. Yeah. And this was another moment where I wasn't a fan of Maddie because she like is... She says, damn, look, don't guilt me. You knew what this was. And I'm like, he's allowed to be upset that you had sex with him. Basically took his virginity. He had a great time. And now you're like, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I felt a little for Guy and was a little,
1: Maddie, she's messy. She's so messy. And I think (laughs) it's because, yeah, you know, and like, there's no excuses. She's focused about her feelings, her boredom, her needs, And wait, what you have feelings? No. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. She doesn't
0: want to deal with those. She's like, please don't make me feel guilty. We could have just had fun.
1: But they get over it really. (laughs) 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 Well and that's when it's with Tasha on outside. Yeah. Like we have to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, let's have really noisy sex behind a screen. That's gonna work out. (laughs) Yeah, they're like,
0: okay, we'll be friends. And he's like, okay, our buds. And it's so funny hearing him. He's like, okay, bud. And so they go out (laughs) hunting. And literally the first day they're in this cave, Taushin's out. Is it implied he's like drunk or something? Somebody, or maybe that's the earlier scene. I think the earlier. When he's watching?
1: Yeah, he's busy. Well, he's out there. He's like burying some carcass. But I think we later discover he's basically being a busybody. He gets a sense that something weird is happening. So he's, like, checking everything out.
0: Yeah. And so they're, like, they've got to be quiet. And they start having, like, sex in the storage cave. And he's, like, he starts by sniffing her hair, which is a new one for this series. (laughs) Because she's, like, what the fuck was that? Um, And so then they start having, like, sex. And this is probably one of the more, I'm trying to think, uh the adjective I want to use, I gotta be careful. This is one of the more, like, not steamy, but this is one of the more, like, you know, um, scandalous, I guess, scenes. Because, like, it's implied in every other time that everyone could always hear everyone having sex. It's no big deal. Who cares? But this is the one time where they got to, they can't be known that they're together, so they've got to be quiet about it.
1: Right. So there's an element of kink in there, right? Because it's all about- Yeah, that's um, the word. They're getting off on the secretness. They're getting off on the illicitness. And there's the sense of like, you know, they're trying to smother sounds. So it's a very different Mm -hmm. dynamic than this. It is the power of the queen who's, you know, who, you know.
0: Yeah. And so I think someone had mentioned that, like, they thought the sex in this book was probably the hottest. (laughs) And I was like, I could see how, because it brings in some new dynamics that we haven't seen in the other books. Like that whole secrecy thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Like it's a
0: big it is, it gets them off, because I think it. we hear later that, like, they just start going at it everywhere, yeah. and the whole thing that gets them off is, like, no one, no one can find out about it,
1: mm-hmm. it's got to be a secret, mm-hmm. yada, 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 so. The thrill of the forbidden, I mean, that's the whole element, right? Uh, she, yeah. She knows no one's supposed to be hanging out with Hassan, you know, she knows mm-hmm. this, but she's like, oh, he'll teach me, and well, you know.
0: And it's something to do. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that there's just a, an element of where she likes being transgressive and pushing the line. Yeah, and gets off on. Yeah, sure, you you can tell me what to do. I'm not paying attention. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she does a few moments wonder like, should I be enjoying having sex with this dude who stole my sister? Yes. But then she she again. She's like, awkward. yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be hella awkward, Maddie. <laughs> it's gonna be very awkward. <laughs> But she doesn't dwell on it. She's like, you know what? No, we're, we like, we're having fun. This is great. And yeah. And I think she, there is some element, maybe not as much as it was in Lila's book, where she does, I think, start to feel better when she starts being mm-hmm. useful. Mm-hmm. So she goes out, she learns how to hunt. She gains some skills.
1: Well, I think just being active and moving and having a reason to wake up in the morning is going to help anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny. I mean, she she sort of like somebody should check on Asha, um, but she's she has depression herself. I feel, and but it's very that anger based kind of action, where she's easily irritable. So she is looking for a purpose, and having a purpose every morning does make her feel yeah. more like herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all
0: about I think. It, well, not so much in this one because the queen mm-hmm. isn't, is playing a bigger role, but it's about regaining some element mm-hmm. of control. Because in a lot of the books, it's, like, the women push back against the residents because, like, they need to control something. They've already been abducted. They've already ended up on this ice planet. They're never getting back home. And now this worm yes, is telling yeah. them that they've got to have babies. So so, um, so um, they go. And what we know is that um, there's a time limit on this enjoyment, too. Because when the rest of the tribe comes back, it will not be as easy for yeah. them to hook up because mm-hmm. there'll be more eyes watching them. So... That's sort of what happens. And I want to talk about that scene. So the tribe comes back and Lila Mm -hmm. comes back. And I kind of like this scene where Lila comes back and she's talking about, hey, I've been, you know, I've been hooking up with Hassan. And Lila's like, I'm going to tell the chief to tell him to stop because he shouldn't be bothering you. There's tension there that we haven't seen in the sisters. And I think it's good because they both have to learn how to live without each other. And I think this is... The scene where it kind of happens, and
1: I think there's a sort of a role reversal there, where you know, Lila is gonna, she's she's gonna be the mm-hmm. one who's gonna take care of that. Oh, that's good too. She's the one with yeah. the connections, who to talk to. She's the mated one, and mm. I think she behaves in the way that um, Maddie has always behaved toward her, like I will fix your problem, and and doesn't listen the same way that yeah. Maddie has not listened to Lila in the past to the fact that. Um. Actually, he's he's not bothering me. I'm I'm good with this How could, because her own anger of like, no, dude, the guy stole me. He's not somebody <laughs> yes. that's worthy. Um, yeah. So yeah, I thought it was really fascinating because it was, it was sort of like again reinforcing forcing the flip in the power dynamics between the sisters to each other. And and, and yeah. I think it also shows that the relationship wasn't so healthy before. So there's going to be problems now.
0: I think that's a really valid point. Yeah, because the whole um, issue at the end of the last book, Maddie feels, that's sort of the start where we get the hint that she feels like she sort of doesn't have any place anymore. And you sort of feel like she's going to be really untethered. She's really untethered mm-hmm. now. And now that they're both sort of moving apart, I have nothing to add. I don't know why I'm rambling on. But like, that was a really good <laughs> observation. So um, so she kind of like runs away and just starts crying out in the cold i don't know how any of these women cry on this planet <laughs> every time it's described it's like i have icicles frozen to my face
1: yeah you know i live in a not hoth kind of environment <laughs> right now um and uh, going outside to cry is not a priority <laughs> i would find some nice warm storage unit but i Okay, go
0: go fine. lay down in your bed. Asha's probably in there. You can, like, both be <laughs> sad together. That's right. So, uh, oh, there is a scene we did, like, it's a really minor scene <laughs> where I think Asha sees Maddie sneaking back into the cave and she, like, smirks at her. Or is that the scene where all the men are being really nice to her?
1: I think it's the one where the men all being <laughs> nice to her. She's
0: sort of like... Like, eh, right right? like, yeah, wiggling her eyebrows. Like, yeah.
1: Because she know Well, because... Maddie is really confused, but actually knows exactly what's going on. Right, because she's been there. She's been a pleasure mate before. She's gotten around. So she she's like, uh-huh, this is where it goes.
0: <laughs> because this is this is before the conversation with Lila. Mm. She's sitting there and like, I don't remember who. Vasa offers Somebody's her some like, tea. Somebody's like, I will bring you skins. Yeah. <laughs> Herrick offers her bowls. And he's like, Is he flirting with me with bolts? <laughs>
1: yeah. And yep. like, so they're
0: all bringing her these gifts and she doesn't get it. But Asha looks up she's like, I know what's happening. And I think she tells mm-hmm. her, It's like, it's because you're happier now. They know, they can sense yeah. it.
1: Well, they were sort of like, Oh, you're no longer like, stay away, blue feet pe- creatures. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> I just love that whole thing. And I love, I think this is, no, Vasa was introduced, not introduced, but he made a big appearance in Tiffany's book. But the idea that there's just Mm -hmm. this like silver fox running around this planet still trying.
1: (laughs) Still trying to get it on. He's going to make connection. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Competing with like the young hunters. He's like, oh, poor dude. And and, like it said, like he's the only one. Like all the other older people are like, I guess, content. Vasa's still going for it. I will say, you know what? He gets his in the end. So good for you. <laughs> Keep working it,
1: dude. It's going to work for you eventually.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. And that actually, that ticks off. That ticks off Hassan when he comes back to the cave and he hears that all these hunters have been trying to woo Well, and snake. it's
1: because of the proximity thing, right? He is forced to be on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the big barrier. He has made this giant mistake. He has excelled. And not only is he lonely, but it also keeps him from being able to watch out for the the guy a girl he's fallen for and yeah he can't he and then it also because he also doesn't he also has that whole thing of like oh this obviously can't because i can't give you anything i'm i don't even have a home
0: yeah so it's that oof he falls for he starts calling her in his own head mate like Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: within i think Two chapters of them having sex in that storage cave. He is mate, 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 and he actually has a quote that's like, I thought this was a pretty cute thing. She has crept into my heart like a bolt of lightning and left scorch marks wherever she has touched down. And I also like how he likes that she's like kind of loud and brash mm-hmm. and bossy mm-hmm. and all these other things. So he does not take it too kindly when he hears that, <laughs> that these other men are moving in. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think we had picked off. She's out there crying in the snows. He finds her. And that's when he decides that he needs to, and he hears about the men mm-hmm. trying to trying to woo her. And that's when he decides he needs to get back into this cave. So he like yeah. kills a giant thing. And he <laughs> walks back into the cave. He's like pissing men off left and right. Yeah, that's it. You all can't see, but she's like puffed herself up like a hunter. And he's walking back in. He's like insulting Beck at the door. Beck's standing guard. He's like, I'm a better hunter than you. What? <laughs> and he's like, and he wants to ask Beck doll if he can rejoin the tribe. Because like he even has a plan. He's like, I'll hunt. I'll hunt, hunt, hunt. Then during the brutal season, I'll make myself useful. Mm-hmm. And then when they, when it's time and the bitter season or whatever they call the spring season yeah. on this planet, he's like, I want a cave. I want to take Maddie as a mate. And so, I don't know, I just thought the- he's like, Beck in this book, real asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I loved <won't>. Yeah, Yep. <laughs> because Hayden used to be the asshole, mm-hmm. but now we need a new asshole, and I guess it's Beck.
1: <laughs> there always needs to be one. Just one of a- thinks a little bit too much of themselves. <laughs>
0: yeah. He's a bigger asshole than Hayden ever was because he's like just mean <laughs> to everybody.
1: He is very bitter yeah. when we find out his story, too. Oh. It's
0: in some of the novellas. And I think, mm-hmm. and like not to sidetrack it, but if I think one of the, novellas, it's the closest Ruby Dixon ever gets to like writing like an abusive relationship and like someone overcoming that because Beck mm-hmm. had a pleasure mate named Claire. Yeah. And he was yep. not very nice to her.
1: <laughs> no, he was very possessive and it was smothering her. Yeah.
0: And yeah. she eventually broke away and resonated to someone else. Yeah, and yep. he's bitter about it.
1: Yeah, not he—he he got left. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: He's not. We don't see him being mean to her anymore. So at least there's that standard. But he's like, maybe that's why he's maybe that's why he's an asshole in all these books because he's still mad about it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm sure right now he's like, oh, who am I gonna sleep with now? Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's not many people left.
0: Well, because, well, it's jumping ahead, but like when Maddie tries to approach to offer like uh, a morning, like one of the hunters who's mourning some like food, he's like, we don't need your damn food. It's like Sky, like <laughs> He's, he's something. So, but yeah, so Hassan is back in the cave and this is where it happens. This is the big, the big thing that changes it all for the whole tribe. Rogan mm-hmm. is walking around like. He like literally, like, like rams right now. He runs into Hassan or something and he's not paying attention to where he's going.
1: Right. Because here's where we basically find out that he, he has some sort of like sense, right? We've already got, yeah. we've already mm-hmm. know he has a danger sense, but he doesn't really get Spidey it. Spidey sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's having, he's like completely distracted. Like something is not right. And no one else seems to know. Like he's having a moment. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, <clears throat> Vectile and Tation, they're like, what?
0: Yeah. yeah, and then at one point he's like, "Everyone out of the, the cave!" Out and he scoops Lila out, and he just books it, mm-hmm. and no one knows what's happening. And then we hear like this loud pop, yeah. and everything just starts crashing in. I get it took me a while to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Supposed to have deafened Hassan slightly because he keeps talking about how people's mouths are moving, yeah. and he can't hear anything, and so I assume that he's slightly deafened by by the earthquake. So basically it's a giant earthquake yeah. that they keep calling an earthquake, but I don't know why the men would know to call it an earthquake. That's me nitpicking. <laughs> Just call it like a land... Qu- <laughs> The earth is moving, translated to an earthquake. Yeah. 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 Well, but I mean, like, they don't call their land yeah. earth. It should be like yeah. a land quake or an yeah. ice yeah. quake. No. I don't Fair know. Fair enough. That was me. Mean- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, she does a really good amount of world building in this book, but there are mm-hmm. those moments where you're like, you didn't think that through. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's how that's it's right.
0: translated. And the translator's <laughs> like, look.
1: You know, it. I don't know. It. This was interesting to look over again in light of... My life has been really um impacted by paying attention to what's been happening in Puerto Rico recently. I've been yes, I have mm-hmm. last quake on my on my Twitter feed, they've had over a thousand two hundred earthquakes since December twenty eight. And, yeah. th- and that it felt much more visceral rereading this now because yeah. that whole that I mean, this is where they've lived since they crash landed. It's sort of perfect for them. Um. yeah, there's emotional feelings because of the people who are no longer there. But they know this place and then suddenly it's gone. Just gone. And the men have
0: lived there their whole lives. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, the whole system of where they keep food, how they... It's all dependent on this location. And and you really feel their complete lack of mooring because the men have always been like, we know this planet. And now they're like... Crap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Ruby doesn't, Ruby, like we're friends. Ruby Dixon. Yeah, I <laughs> Hi,
1: Ruby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she doesn't leave, she doesn't leave any hope of like salvaging anything. Like it's not like, oh, well we can fix it. Their home is destroyed. It's like a complete, I don't know if, from what I can tell when they describe it, like it completely collapses and caves in. And it even sounds like the ground at various places like further
1: caves in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like it, it they describe it as some sort of like a donut hole donut shaped place mm-hmm. that sort of collapses in and like stuff comes up and stuff comes down. Yes. So landscape has changed. And they're able to get some supplies out and some people out, but you really get the sense of that just the desperation. Like, yes because let's be honest, it's cold outside and I know, and there's all these little babies and it's mm-hmm. only going to get colder. And this mm-hmm. is really the wrong time for anything yeah. to be happening.
0: Yeah. I think they say that the brutal season, which is like even worse than what mm-hmm. they're normally in is like around the corner. And so now they are, they have no supplies. They've lost. I think one of the characters, Warwick, Warwick loses mm-hmm. his father. So, you know, someone has died. Asha is very severely injured in the cave-in. So she and Maddie are sort of like stuck in there because a lot Mm -hmm. of them, well, let's face it, a lot of the women are mated. So their mates grabbed them and ran out. Mm -hmm. But we have the two who sort of don't have mates or aren't living with their mates. And so they sort of got left behind. Asha's injured. So so
1: she and and Maddie. And we see a real beautiful moment because Maddie pushes Asha through the whole house. First. Because in like, Uh, it's there for maddie Mm -hmm. but he's like oh okay asha right yeah
0: Um, yeah so
1: that that to me was a, a little moment where you see that she's at her best when things are at their worst that's where she thrives right she doesn't she's not somebody who's made for like nice comfortable places she she likes to be doing something so she realizes we're stuck in here she needs to come out first That's a
0: really good point you just made. And I feel like this is probably her turning point because Mm -hmm. now everyone is really like shattered and they're broken. And it seems like this is where she's like, okay, we've got to do something. And she goes and she's like, so Farley has this pet, Davisti. She helps him set its leg. The babies Mm -hmm. are crying. She helps, you know, change a baby she yeah. helps some of the women together and she's really in her element again when she's taking care of someone maddie needs someone to take care of i think is what we're i need someone to take care of i think is yeah. what we're not yeah, in a completely know, there's, smothery there's way who, who, yeah. who
1: collapse under pressure and i think for yeah. her it gives her purpose something to yeah. do i finally i'm needed and i'll be appreciated and i think it puts all her insecurities to the back burner because obviously people aren't going to reject me for my weight which is her main hang up all throughout the book, um, because they need me right now. Yeah. I'm healthy enough to be out and doing this stuff.
0: Yeah. And so, and I don't even, and I think her hang up was even more than just her weight, just like she had no one, and now she has people to care mm-hmm. for again. Mm-hmm. So, this is really, actually, it was a really good moment for her because, like, people are just panic. We have another very serious injury that takes place at this time. Pash off. off. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, and Stacey... that, that becomes
1: a really interesting storyline. In it's yeah i if you if you're out there and have not read it go read it it's one of my favorite stories
0: i i will say i'm a hoe for a (laughs) story well i won't reveal it well i'll say i'll say (laughs) it tell you and then cut it but i am a hoe for a story where you have two people who are like love each other and one of them like doesn't remember and then you've got the other one who's like
1: well yeah because it's second chance romance in a way (laughs) and it's Her take on an amnesia story, you know, which you really don't have many opportunities to do anymore. And I know (laughs) she's like, let's do it.
0: (laughs) Let's embrace it. I was here for it. I loved it. So, yeah. So we have Pesh. So Stacey's freaking out. She's like her mate's still in there. And I think someone's a brother. I don't think Pashov is Saluk's brother. So Hassan is not related to them, but he runs in there gets Peshaw. He thinks he's dead for a while, but then he realizes, oh, he's still alive. So he brings and he drags him out. Yeah, Peshaw, he basically steps his... on
1: his tail uh, because he's so buried. It, it, he, he puts his oh, foot on right. something soft and it turns out it's a tail and then he starts digging out. So it just <sighs> really just shows the destruction.
0: Yes, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. So, and when they pull him out, Peshoff has suffered a very bad head injury. One of his horns is completely like crushed Shattered. and broken yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. And so they lay him out, and so Malak, the one healer, has to sort of heal him. And that's sort of what pushes Maddie into taking control, because she's like, well, we can't distract her. She's trying to save his life, so all this little minor stuff, we're going to have to take care of. And that's where she really starts coming up. I was really proud of her. I was like, really? That whole scene was very, like... How they all kept talking about how they're all family. Hassan kept talking about like these are my people. This is my tribe. This is my home. Like it, it got really sweet. It, yeah. And I keep going back to what you said, like small town romance. It's very much in the best, like the best parts yeah. of the small town stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah, the drawing together. You know, like the the evil band has come, and now yes. everybody has to round the wagons up. You know, yeah. Yes.
0: So and like and and oh man, they are screwed. So. Everyone gets assigned all these jobs. I don't remember who does what, but someone is assigned to go to the Elder Cave because that's where Rook and Harlow are. Mm -hmm. Someone else is assigned to go check their southern, they have like spring homes or something. Mm -hmm, So they mm -hmm. check the southern caves. And then Hassan is assigned to go to all of their hunter caves, make sure they're okay, and then retrieve as many supplies as he can from them. Yeah. And then Maddie's like, you know what? I'm going to. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't, do they try and stop? I mean, like, I don't know. I think they make a, Vectal tries to be like, oh, you're a female, but she doesn't, she's not. Yeah, important. she's not
1: listening yeah. at this point. <laughs> and I think it's sort of like, she makes the point of like, you guys have so, so much on your plate, you need to let do something. Um, mm-hmm. Which again, it's, you know, the pushing back and being like, part of why she can go along. She's not mated. She's not taking care of somebody. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have, ba- she can go and do it. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and so that, Hassan is a little bitter about getting this assignment at
1: first because he's like, he's still... F- well, because he's he's still exiled. Mm-hmm. It's not like, <laughs> they're like, never like, well, no home now. We're all friends again. That yeah. doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. But she also kind of brings up the point like, well, dude, we're all exiled at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mother Nature just exiled all of us. We have no home. So we they really can't afford to like turn your help away. Mm-hmm. so and it sounds terrible <laughs> this is another one of those instances where i'm like how many how long did this take because it always sounds like it takes a week for them to go literally anywhere so yeah. for them to go to the furthest reaches of their hunter cave check them all out bring the supplies and then have to haul them back
1: Whew. So it's a lot of work. Yeah, I'm figuring it's it's like a three weeks kind of work in <laughs> a week and a half. Because yeah. I'm sure they're in a hurry. They know people are hungry. They don't have what they need. Yeah.
0: So, and she kind of, and Maddie is like, it's going to suck. But you know what? Everything kind of sucks right now. We're all yeah. homeless. We're all out in the woods. So mm-hmm. sort of a, we learned this later, sort of a side note. The rest of the tribe goes to the Elder Cave. And it's been completely like, rolled over on its side, side. yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. and i'm like ruby where, she t- she took everything well and again that's where i was it was so bold because honestly the elder cave was a little bit deus ex machina you know yeah, it was. there's a computer that tells you stuff it gives you like language implants uh oh you had cancer guess what you don't have it anymore <laughs> uh it, it it was solving all sorts of issues And I think it was important for it not to be a safe place anymore.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, it was. And that's what I thought. I was like, what happens if new women come and they need that brain dump again? Like, I'm surprised. Why don't they all have French? We know Marlene is French. What if they decide they want to learn French one day? (laughs) So, yeah, we we also hear that Rook is this close to leaving because he's it feels like he's only there on a temporary basis anyway. He's like, I'm only tolerating you all because Harlow's here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's right so it's like
0: so harlow gets hurt when the thing flips and vectal's like this bitch wants to leave now like I've got of... <laughs> he's like i got a lot on my place yeah, yeah, yeah which rook is one of my favorites so i'm really
1: glad <laughs> yeah i reread a little bit of his book earlier today just because i again that's one of those characters that is so over the top you got <laughs> this dude who's been living on his own since he's a little kid. He's feral, yes. essentially, with, like, a halo of, like, I, I think of, like, Encino Man kind of hair and um, dirty, dirty. I mean, I love that. Like, we're going to learn paths. Yes,
0: yes, <laughs> yes. She's like that when she can't speak a word of any language. Yes. Yeah. Rook was yeah. fun. Like, their whole vibe, that whole book, mainly because I felt really bad for Harlow. I had j- <laughs> I've, when At the time of this recording this, I've just posted – episode three I'm about to and I'm editing episode four so I'm deep into okay. Harlow's book it's just I'm still mad that they didn't go look for her I will be
1: yeah but I mean but you know Kira's gone missing two people are hurt she's sort of low priority but she gets lost for a long time and they're just like she I- needed a bossy sister out there <laughs> looking for her that's very true
0: Maddie would not have let that fly Maddie yeah. would have been like can we go look for Harlow please? Harlow would have been found right away <laughs> can we go search for this woman? You know, they're like abducting Yeti on this planet. Can we just check around? <laughs> uh, that's another side rant. I don't need to go into that. Yeah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but they go out and like, I really liked their journey while they're out because it's, um. so for the whole first half of this book, there's been a lot of sex with some emotional stuff. And then for the second part, we start getting like the emotional stuff. Like Hassan is still calling her mate. He's like, I am so glad she's here with me because if I were out by myself, I would... He kind of hints that, like, she's there, she grounds him. If he were out by himself, he would get lost in his own grief.
1: Right, right. He he would have been feeling despairing. He would have sort of... And I think those are things after all they've lost. Mm-hmm. Even though he wasn't sharing in that home, it was still his home. Right. He grew up there. His best friend lost mm-hmm. his father, so... It's their whole way of life has now just been shattered mm-hmm. so yeah so the fact that she she is there gives him purpose too right Yeah. And gives him a reason to like alright this is what we need to do next mm-hmm. and he
0: sort of says like his tendency is to like sort of he doesn't say look back but his tendency when things are hard is to sort of get sad and like and get a little mm-hmm. desperate whereas her tendency <laughs> is to like no we're gonna fix this we're gonna go forward and that's mm-hmm. what he admires mm-hmm. about her so like this yeah. whole thing with them together was really sweet um, I'm trying to remember what happens next. Is this where, I feel like every one of these books, a plot point happens because some Metlac's attack?
1: Well, yeah, this is the thing. Like, they it, there's like some Metlac and they fall into this canyon and somehow they're like, oh, well, let's explore. And down they go. And they're like, yeah, at one point they go, well, what happened to the Metlac? It's like, ah, oh, they give up easy. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And I
0: just thought it was hilarious because it's like every time we turn around like this is the third or fourth book where the plot has continued to move forward because these Metlacs come around. But that's and- where
1: she 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 makes it pay off later too. Don't they have a moment where like we've, we have some bonding in the later book? So.
0: Yes. And I think it might be the same one because she identifies this one-eyed one mm-hmm. like when um when Lila is out that's the one who helps her. It's yeah. this one-eyed Metlac who keeps trying to hit on
1: mm-hmm.
0: her. Um... But, and I, and then we see it again, a one-eyed, and they're like, are you home? I'm like, yes, I told you I was recording. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be. Yeah, I wanted to get that out. So, so while they're out having, again, it goes back to this adventure. They're out, they're out walking. He's feeling so sentimental. He's like, and he stops her And I'm going to read this because one of my favorite parts of these books are their like love soliloquies So, Mm -hmm. so he's like talking and she's walking and he's like, Oh, she's so perfect. And I think of Lila. And he thinks of Lila and how sad she was. And he's like, I will keep you safe. And she's like, I know. And so he's like, So this is it. He's like, No, you do not understand. I stop and put my hands on her shoulders, turning her toward me. This feels important. It feels big. That she must listen to me. Mm -hmm. That I must spill to her how I feel. You are my heart, Maddie. Without you, I am nothing. You saw me as an exile and still took me to your furs. You are kind and giving. And I am here. Like this is what I'm here for. i love this stuff and every time she like every book and it's always mm-hmm. a little different and i'm one she's yeah. so good at this i love it so and that's where they sort of like they haven't resonated yet but this is where they sort of like because maddie says i love you too
1: right so this is sort of like the switch the moment where they're like if they resonate now it's not about like oh we've been alone on this journey together it's because their feelings are in the same place. And mm-hmm. they've talked them out of them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. I like how she uses.
1: Resonance in different ways in these books. Some, I think I mean it's, it's such a fun way. To deal with like the fated mate tropes. Because essentially this. there It's this big ass faded mate element. And each of the relationships. Has different issues. That they have to work out right. Yeah the timing. Timing and all that kind of stuff. And I, that's. You know, there's some people who like faded mates for the insta love and boom, we can move on to the sex. Right. Um, I like faded mates when people fight it. Uh, when people they when it's a complication, when it's an inconvenience, when it's something that makes you feel like you're fighting against your own instincts and bodies. And yeah. you see that over and over in this series, right? Because yeah. they're like, My body's getting all aroused, but I know. Right. And and makes it so sort of like there's like that mind body connection is severed, so people have to sort of face what what are we doing here and what does it actually mean. Mm-hmm.
0: And it adds, like you say, it adds a complication, which makes it more interesting. It also sort of like like. We, I know what genre I'm reading. I know these people are going to end up together. It's kind of funny that they now Otherwise know that they're going <laughs> to. Yeah. It's funny that they now know that they're going to end up together. So now we can really be self-aware about like this journey they've got to end up on to get there. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I just really love it. I love how she does There's it.
1: There's always a negotiation and mm-hmm. sort of like on what terms will we be together? What does this mean? So mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, you don't get to boss me around or it's, you let me take care of you. Yeah. Um, It's really,
0: it's really good. So they, I think this is, we've had a couple instances where they come together before resonance and declare that Mm -hmm. they love each other. And so he has this big, they have this big moment. And then like immediately afterward, they resonate. They mistake it for an aftershock at first.
1: (laughs) They're like, what's going on? We're singing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And they resonate. And he is so overcome.
1: (laughs) He throws her down. Four times later. Let's (laughs) talk.
0: throws her down in the snow and they, like, fulfill (laughs) residence there. Like, you're right, like, three or four times.
1: Well, yeah, but actually it says it on the plot because it's just, like, first she's like, okay, I can't believe that just happened. You totally (laughs) nailed me in the snow. And he's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, that was great. That was awesome. And then There's, like, a line that's like, and four times later.
0: (laughs) Yes, you're right. I'm kind of an impulsive girl at heart, but after four (laughs) rounds in the snow, I pat my human on the back and tell him we need to get moving. I'm like, girl, your ass is frozen.
1: (laughs) It's so frozen. Thank God that he's hot. He's, like, sleeping with a water bottle, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, like a
0: small radiator. (laughs) But it's just so funny. So I'm trying to see, like, if there's anything about this sex scene is, it's a Ruby Dixon sex scene. It's very Uh explicit. You get all the... All the details. It starts with oral sex and then
1: it goes. Let me tell you how yeah. the people are like, What are you reading? I'm like, I'm I'm reading some blue aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna tell you much more about that. There's it's blue aliens. Yeah. Here's the
0: thing about that. I'm not ashamed that I like these books, but you can't just drop them up. Like you, I gotta I gotta set up some context.
1: Exactly, because it's like you you can only say that, or you're gonna be like, and then, yes. and then, and people are like, okay, I'm going to walk away slowly <laughs> because I don't get this. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're, that's where you're like, okay, you really just need to read them. Like, yes.
0: Like, I can explain. It's not as weird or crazy as it sounds. Like, we're all and in on where, the like, joke.
1: Yeah, and that's where, like, how it was sold to me was not pressure. Yeah. It wasn't like, it was sort of like, these are just fun. Yeah. And I, and I think they're fun. They're not fluffy. They're fun. Oh, no, I, they're not I don't think they're safe. They're not safe for a lot of people. There's like really tough stuff that happens. And like in this one, we're talking about fat phobia. They're not, they're not with edges, but they're fun because I think mm-hmm. the the and pace hate- of the stories and the <laughs> dynamics. Are so no. Fun. And I like it. And I
0: think Maddie even says this, like, they're in their cave, they feel nice and safe and homey, but like they're actually on a really dangerous planet. The wildlife out there is crazy. The oxygen its or the atmosphere itself would kill them if it wasn't for their queen. Mm-hmm. So they're in a dangerous place. And so, you know, it's kind of a good reminder that like it's again, they're very they're in a very alien place. So while they're on this trip, this is like I think I put in my notes, like just a very productive yeah. trip. Yeah. They get up from resonating and start walking and stumble upon an abandoned village. That's like ready made to move in. That has
1: running water. <laughs> I know that, and it's a very, but it's also very different from their home environment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where, like, I always tell people, the books take a turn and suddenly become about city planning. Um, and and I don't think of that as a bad thing. I think like I was a total nerd for the city planning that's going to come. Yes, um, where people are trying to decide who gets to live where, which houses do we build, where do we build this they're starting to think forward of like as communities you know because they have this opportunity now to rebuild things to make sense for them right Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just hinted at in this book uh, because that's oh it's gonna be in later books but I guess it's it's one of the fun unexpected things about this series that it becomes here we're, we're in the middle of disaster survival mode and it's going to be that for some books and then they're going to move into some place and it's going to change how they do things
0: and change the dynamics Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i being the unsolved mystery person i (laughs) love love the hints that she left because after having read this and part of ice home i'm Mm -hmm. like wow she was setting this up early because they go in and it's basically a village that people used to live in and you can see carvings and there are these like Forearmed people, and it's, it's, they keep comparing it to Roanoke. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they actually name it Krotoid, or uh, what, how do you pronounce
1: the word? Is that how you pronounce it? I can't pronounce things. Krotoid, crack, yeah, that was, yeah, like that. What, the, the word that was left behind on the yeah. tree, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, you
0: know, that was Liz, that was all Liz, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I like, and like, having read that, I was like, she was setting this up because. Not to spoil, I guess I'm spoiling it, but like we learn basically what caused the earthquake was a giant volcanic eruption. Mm -hmm. And we learn about the effects of that eruption on the other side of the planet, like the people living close to it. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, the more I read it, the more I'm like, she did such a good job at building this universe up and connecting everything because like everything is for like it's it's laid out. She she (laughs) considered it.
1: Right, there's there's a lot of interconnected lines that really reward reading again, yeah. mm-hmm. and, which you would think this is sort of like a throwaway Ku book. Why would it be there? But this is what it makes it stand out, right? Yeah, because yeah. it has that those elements that just build on each other. There's there's little things that are left. You're like, oh, I want to go back to that and. Mm-hmm. just happening off panel that you know it's going to get taken care of someplace else Mm -hmm.
0: and you sort of hinted it with Asha like we know Asha's dealing with something she set that up like books ago Mm -hmm. and um, Asha sort of has a little interaction you touched on this too when she's being pulled out of the of the rubble and she's being Mm -hmm. handed down to Himalo and Mm -hmm. we learn that they used to be I think we learn in this book that they used to be mates yeah and so it's a big I'm just really impressed. I'm just when I went back and I heard about the carvings and and that and like they used to be here. I was like, so then I'm like, wait, so did they all come from
1: the same crashed ship? Yeah, like is it multiple crashes? Is it one crash? You know, yeah, yeah. How, how did people divide? Was there, but because especially like we've just had uh the book with um. Uh, Harlow and R- 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 well, Brooke, he's somebody mm-hmm. else who was raised by somebody who was exiled so we know that people right. have separated in the past you know
0: yeah and I think this is also the book where Harlow's like I want to go to the elder cave because she's been asking around and she's like the elder cave keeps the, the, saying you all the... have been here 200 years but that's not possible
1: yeah yeah You you're yeah. like it doesn't add up your ages don't add up yeah So it, yeah no one
0: remembers technology. And I guess they live a long time. Like the eldest is like, what, 150? 100 something, yeah. And she's like, none of you remember technology. So she's like, so then she's like, well, if the ship is corrupted, it'll be like, what if we zap someone and accidentally fries their brain? So that's, yeah.
1: <laughs> Again, it's only making the the fun zapping something that's not going to be so easy.
0: I always thought it was kind of terrifying, to be perfectly honest. <laughs>
1: yeah let's walk into like this random alien ship let's upload our brains yeah and And
0: this laser wants to like 3D print something right on my brain I'm not a fan But I get it. I am. But you know what? As I said in that first episode, I appreciate that we're getting around the language barriers somehow.
1: Because you know what? It's fun for a few books, but then you sort of want to like, let's just talk about some things. Yeah, I want to see them interact. I don't want to see them like, I can't understand you. I mean, and that's the thing. I know that there's been other books in the past who've done this of like the... Barbarian interaction, kind uh-huh. of stuff, and the lack of communication, but that's only fun for a little bit. Right. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. They got to, you can't have a romance if they can't understand each other. I can't, can't deal with that. So they find it and like Hassan is not too sure about it because again, he's grown up in this one place. Maddie is super excited, as I would be. Basically, (laughs) basically they roofs. Yes. This village has, well, the roofs, I think I guess have rotted away and like a lot of the furniture's rotted away, but they've got like stone walls, cobblestone Mm -hmm. streets, running water, toilets. Um, There's a big community long house and then everybody mm-hmm. can have their own individual house she is pumped and like it's a it's a blessing because everyone's homeless now she's like this is it mm-hmm. but hassan is like it looks weird to him he, he doesn't like it but you know again they don't have options so yeah. they head back with all their supplies they find that the rest of the tribe has like camped around the elder cave which is on its side, which I'm just like, oh, I guess that thing is out of out of it permanently. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds bad. And um, so she approaches Vectal and some others are out hunting, I think. And mm-hmm. so Maddie approaches Georgie and she's like, look, I have found, I have some good news that you're going to want to hear. But before I tell you, I want to start bargaining for Hassan's Re, I guess, unexilification. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Reacceptance into yes. the
1: tribe. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, this is actually where I did like her because I did, she was like, listen, I have this thing that you all want to know about, and I am not above holding it above your heads to get you know a man back in the tribe. So,
1: yeah, and it's 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 somebody who, because he's been alone. No one advocates for him. And she is all about advocating for other people. She so, she, so she's like, yes. And I think like all of her things that I guess we that I thought
0: made her unlikable at the beginning were only unlikable because she didn't have, you know, a healthy or appropriate place to like express use them. The, express them. Mm-hmm. When she was like hating on herself and when she was like, you know, getting mad because she wants to have this, you know, no strings attached sex mm-hmm. with Hassan, who's not down mm-hmm. for that. And when she was kind of smothering Lila, but once she has a role, like all of those, not flaws, but they all become attributes,
1: right? right. So it's like,
0: yeah, I thought that was really yeah, good. Yeah, her
1: boldness, her willingness to go try things. You know, we've had some pretty uh, shy retiring heroines, and having someone who's like, no, I'm gonna go out and mm-hmm. I, that's great, and that's what they need, mm-hmm. and and she can be valued for her, you know, uh, tough sides. <laughs> Rather than have her be sulking in a corner.
0: Yeah. I just love that scene where she's like, look, if you don't let him back on the tribe, we'll go there and y'all can stay out here. (laughs) Have you fun camping? (laughs) Exactly. Because even Georgie is getting pissed at her. She's like,
1: like shut up. Do you see? We're all homeless. We don't have the patience or the time for this. And, and she's so, sort of like turning it around of like, yeah. So why are you excelling this dude? <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> she's like, he saved Pasha. He went out there and he got all the supplies for you all. What does he need to do? Yeah. Yes.
0: So the book. So eventually she succeeds. And like Vekdal's like, <laughs> at one point I think he even goes like, can Hassan not talk? Why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Which made me literally LOL. Because I did not expect to hear that line. In this book, Hassan can't speak for himself. But she, nope. Nope. Okay. I'm here, but she eventually gets it. So he's back in the tribe and he lets it out that they resonated. Cause I kind of forgot mm-hmm. that no one else knew about that. Right. Until.
1: Because it happens in the, the privacy. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's funny, like so much of the relationship has been secretly public. you know? uh-huh. And, but this resonating is something really private. Um, that happens for them on their own. So it it becomes something that then she can let out. Instead, I think it's very different for most other couples. Almost everybody's like, oh yeah, they're resonating over there.
0: That's because apparently it's so loud. (laughs) I don't know which book, I don't know if it's a book I've read for an episode that hasn't happened yet, but there's one point where the character's resonating and she's talking and the hero describes how the resonance is so strong that it makes her voice vibrato. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Ah, so yeah, so most of the time, so she's pregnant already, we know, yeah, because she's not resonating that strongly anymore. Um, and so we get to the epilogue. Uh, Hassan and a whole bunch of the other hunters are going to go investigate the mm-hmm. the village they found. She can't go because she let it slip that they're resonating and now she's pregnant. And he's like, well, you shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Oops. Oops. <laughs> he's like bye no he's not like bye but um but yeah he's like well you know i have to protect you you're pregnant now you're you're here with the rest of the ladies (laughs) cool bond yeah so (laughs) but before they leave they do like a little quickie and i think it's a really another i'm gonna read another really sweet line that's Mm -hmm. that's just gonna be me it's basically speaking of tropes so she's like you'll leave and you'll come back and we'll start our happily ever after and he begins my happy does not wait for later my happy is now here with you i need nothing else i was like i am here for this (laughs) it's so sweet it's so mushy for all the sex in this book honestly the things that get me most are like the mushy romantic lines
1: because he's he's a tough nut who's on the inside, this like marshmallow for like love. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they all are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all yeah. the men, even that asshole. <laughs> even Beck, the asshole I'm sure is <laughs> so. And I just love hearing it. There's something about like, yeah, these big burly men mm-hmm. spouting these like sonnet worthy lines. I love that. Yeah,
1: it. And it because it's also a break from like me, Jane kind of element that, it you know like they are articu- they they get to be articulate in their love yes uh,
0: and they're not ashamed by it and so it's so great um I think I read the author's note and um I think Maddie or like or not Maddie I think Ruby Dixon she's like yeah it really hurt me to just hurt them like this because <laughs> <laughs> she's like yeah I had to rip them all up and destroy their home but it's like you know bigger better things are happening
1: no I mean I remember reading this when this was the last book out and going what <laughs> this really because it was shocking and yeah. you're like i need the next book right now and it's gonna yeah. be two months what <laughs> i know i don't
0: know how she's able to write so quickly but i am so happy for it because if this mm-hmm. was like a thing where you're waiting a book a year
1: <laughs> i would die have you read Alona andrews sometimes that happens.
0: <laughs> i can't do it i was like yes Two months, okay, December. I will put it on my calendar sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, next book. Because, like, I need to know. Yeah. So, I love it. So, I I think I gave this book, like, three or four stars. I can't remember. It's not one of my favorites, but because the way the plot moves, like, it's it's vital. You have to read it.
1: Right. I think it's an important book. It's not perfect. It does some really fantastic things um, for the world building of the series. Mm-hmm. Um but there's rough edges. But, yeah, okay. I, I, for me, what I, I always appreciate an author who takes a risk of, like, blowing up their world. Mm-hmm. And, and It's scary. And it's scary. I mean, I remember thinking, wow, there's going to be people who are, like, not going to forgive her for this. Um, and because it also makes it, you know, where a lot of those the other books, so you sort of could enter them at pretty much any point. That's true. So this is a point where it really becomes, like, there's a big story that's being told there's an arc mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so i think it's it's a, a very important point in the uh, ice planet barbarian series yes it it just is it uh moves from uh it, it just really takes such a, a real risk yeah. and yeah. i think it pays off
0: yeah now no one's comfortable because i think at <laughs> one point hassan was even like is this how the women felt when they woke up and discovered that they were you know they were far from Mm -hmm. home Mm -hmm. yeah it's like I maybe a little more but yes (laughs) so i can't remember if the next book in kindle will tell me if the next book is the one dealing with pashoff or if it's asha it's one of those two i've been like throwing these books back
1: (laughs) Uh, oh it's it's and that's a book yeah so you guys are in for a treat
0: yes because I, I'm not I'll I'll talk about it when we get there but yeah it has a trope I love so mm-hmm. so what did we I don't want to ask what do we think again because we just said it but no. like
1: yeah I love it yeah so no I think it's worth reading and if people haven't read it um I think look at it for its construction and what it's mm-hmm. doing in the series and how it inverts a lot of tropes within the story so
0: And that's not something and that's why I'm glad I'm doing this because discussing it brings up things. That's not something I would have, I guess, maybe I would have been subconsciously aware of it, but like of how she does flip things. Mm -hmm. That's not something I would have said out loud or thought about. And I'm like really glad because that's what it is. It's like it's basically playing with these two and, you know, flipping your expectations over and be like, okay, we're going to have to deal with this mess now. So and that's what makes them so entertaining. So. Yes, I'm trying to think if there's any other, let me check my highlights, see if there were yep. any other fun moments. Oh, wrong book. I had already jumped ahead <laughs> to past shots. <laughs> Listen, I'll be at work and I'll have these like on my phone. Sometimes I'll be on the bus. And I'm like, I really hope people aren't reading over my shoulder because.
1: Well, I was, <laughs> my, I was shopping with my husband this morning and he's like, so what are you recording today? I'm like, um, a podcast. That I'm going that. <laughs> because, he, I mean, he knows I have do the Beyond yeah. books and all that kind of stuff. But I again, how much do I
0: explain? Here? Yes. You can't just drop it on people and be like, and let them go. You got to be like, wait, wait. I know.
1: Yeah. Um, do you really care?
0: Because <laughs> I will tell you. Because there's a lot. <laughs> and you may not be ready for it. Um, okay. I think that's it. I just, oh, I have the highlight. I don't know if we ever read Asha.
1: No, i been- think I think it's really a turning point in terms of focusing on the women and Mm -hmm. focusing on women with really harsh backs, uh, interactions. Mm -hmm. You know, Farley's going to get her own story too. And she's Mm -hmm. not easy like you would think she is because she's such a child in these books. Uh, That's
0: what threw me off. I was like, what's the timing? Because they still call her like a a little sister or kid in this book. But her book, maybe... Maybe
1: it I think her forward. book is like good four four years later. OK, yeah. OK. But, yeah. And that's because, another
0: thing. The time in these books. I don't dwell on it. But like, so I don't know how lo- how far we are. It must be at in least the timeline. Three years. I'm sure. Yeah. And, you
1: know, and that's where like I would love to have a peek uh, of Ruby's master oh, like her uh, Bible? timeline of like, you know, there's a lot of books and some of them are happening at the same time. But well, I'm sure somebody out there has been keeping track of like a week later, two weeks. Oh, later. I'm. Sh- <laughs> uh, so, so if you are out there and you have done a master timeline, I believe Danny would love to hear about it. I would
0: definitely, and I'm actually surprised <laughs> that I am not the one who has started that, because that's a nitpicky thing, like just a giant Google sheet. <laughs> so, but I think we're like three or four years out from when they crashed. So, yeah. so yeah, so yeah uh, I think. That is it. Um, yeah. Let us let us know again about where people can find you and find the projects you work on and the things you're doing.
1: Well, again, thank you for having me. And I hope everybody enjoys listening to us uh, walk out, talk away about uh, this book and this climax. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter as Anna Coqui, A-N-A-C-O-Q-U-I. Um, also, you can find me uh, podcasting EPTers about the Beyond Books by Kate Rosha, or at Ron Book Pod, um, where we talk about inclusive books, and awesome. most of all at Love oh, and Panels cool. when I review. Ah, <laughs> uh, they're at Love and Panels.
0: Great. Thank you again. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'm just so glad that there are people who want to talk about the alien books.
1: <laughs> yes. So, yes. Awesome. Well, best of luck. Thank you.
0: Oh my gosh, that was a lot of fun. I really through this episode, really gained an appreciation for Hassan and his his struggle, his mild exile. Everyone felt so bad for the guy. He just, he's just so lonely, so lonely. Um, I'm also really excited for Beck's book. Um, I mean, he is an asshole. That's my thing, apparently. He pulls the ultimate asshole move in his book, and I cannot wait to discuss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. But first, before that, our next book is Barbarian's Heart, aka the amnesia book, so it should be Barbarian's Head, but you know what, that's not as poetic. Um, I will be joined for that discussion by Erin from Heaving Bosoms. I am so psyched. It was such fun to record that episode. So there are a lot of butt jokes, a lot of just laughing in general. So be sure to join me next week. Um, and that's all I've got for you. Garage Band and I are not on friendly terms this evening. Um, I, I had this episode set and ready to go. It was, I, was I worked ahead of time. I was so proud of me. And then I came to post it and I listened to it before putting it up. And none of my changes were saved. Like nothing. None of the work I did made it to the final exported audio for some mysterious reason. So I had to go back and do everything over again. So the lesson I learned was don't work ahead because it's futile. It's futile anyway. There's no point. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop rambling. I will talk to you all next week. Bye!